Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. What was the experience of French Jews during the Second World War? What was the relationship like between them and their fellow citizens? And what role did they play in rescue and resistance? Rene Poznanski is Professor of Holocaust Studies in the Department of Politics and Government at Ben-Gurion University. She is also the guest of the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center, where she will talk on the topic, Being Jewish in France in World War II. This is part of its International Day of Commemoration in Memory of Victims of the Holocaust. She joins me now to tell me more. Professor, welcome and thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me invited. Um, Professor, let's start with Jews in France during World War II. Where did they live? How many were they? How, what was their life like before the war? Well, actually, there were something like 330,000 Jews in France before the war. And a, a great big part of them were not French Jews. They were, they immigrated, either immigrated during the 30s or came from a earlier immigration from the beginning of the 20th century. So you, it's really difficult to talk about French Jewry as a community. They were very diversified. And so was uh, afterwards... That was their life in the 30s. The French Jews were more uh, bourgeoisie and high bourgeoisie. And the, uh, I mean, the foreign Jews were more of artisans and shopkeepers. And so it's, it's a very diversified uh, community, if you even can talk of a community. Um, and they, they had a different uh, fate during the Holocaust. Um, before we go into their fate, what was the relationship between them and fellow citizens? You mean between the, the Jews and the France? Yes. French? Uh, you know, France has been the first country to emancipate Jews, and they got uh, a quality of treatment uh, after the French Revolution in 1791, September of 1791, and they were completely integrated in the country with equal rights, and everything was really... Uh, and and, and the, in Eastern Europe, they were talking, saying there was a way of thing, saying uh, happy like Jews in France. I mean, right. It was supposed to be the paradise for, for Jews. What happened is uh, that, uh, you know, anti-Semitism didn't, uh, didn't disappear, of course. And you had the Dreyfus affair uh, at the end of the 19th, beginning of the 20s. But you have to remember one thing. And that was very important for the French Jews and even for the foreign Jews to remember. And it was part of their uh, the way they faced how, what was their relationship with France. France was a country who at the end of a long and painful uh, process, but the country who between the honor of the army and the fate of a Jewish citizen which was symbolizing justice, gave precedence to the fate of Jewish citizens against the, the honor of the army. So that's something French Jews remembered. They saw the state as a kind of a, a protector. And that's very important to remember if you, when you get to the way Jews reacted 
during the war itself. And before we get to that, um, just percentage-wise, how w- was the survival of French Jews higher than, say, Poland or Lithuania? Oh, that's for sure, but even more than that. The survival percentage was the high, the, one of the highest in, in, in Europe. I mean, after Italy, they had, I mean, 75% of uh, Jewish Jews in France were not murdered. Uh, yet, it's the the explanation for that is not an easy one, and it's n- obviously not related to the policy of collaboration of the French government with the Nazis. Because it doesn't make sense. Obviously, I if know. the French party, uh, French government was collaborating, you would expect an earlier roundup of Jews, an efficient roundup of Jews, and more deaths. Yes. Well. Uh, the beginning was, I mean, I, I'm, I'm getting to the beginning of what happened. There was Jews were submitted to a double uh, anti-Semitic le- legislation, I mean, from the French government and from the German, and they were even competing one with the other, which worsened even the state of the, the status of the Jews, and they were out of their work, and they were, uh, I mean, it, 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 everything which happened in other places happened in France as well with this double legislation, and, and the French government, which was, the Vichy government, which was collaborating with the Nazis, uh, has full responsibility for that. Uh, it it, it, it uh, led even a kind of autonomous uh, anti-Semitic policy. Uh, that was until the deportations began. When the deportations be- began uh, during the spring-summer of '42, it was a different story. I mean, it was an initiative of the Germans, and the French complied to what the Germans wanted them to do thinking that they would get advantage in a much more important matter in their eyes. For instance, an autonomous police, which they got, and the price was that the police would take part in arresting Jews and putting them in the the trains, to deportation. So you see, it's it's a, there are different phases, uh, phases and everything. But it, it the fact is, yes, the the policy of the French government worsened and fragilized the situation of the Jews in France, and actually, uh, it uh, facilitated the work of the Nazis to to arrest and 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 deport them to uh, to the extermination camps. And the role of French resistance to Nazis. And I know when I was coming up, my colleague said, you must ask about Marc Bloch, <laughs> um, who's, a, I imagine, yeah, a famous okay. resistance, Jewish so, resistance. I wrote an, a, a very, very, very big book <laughs> on the question of the resistance movements and the persecution of the Jews. Because I think that what's interesting is what the good guys did. I mean, you know who the anti-Semites are. You know what they want to do. What about the good guys? And actually, it's not its not that great as it, we, it's expected to be. I mean, for uh, goals of propaganda, the French underground uh, press, which was extremely rich, 
didn't take really position on the question. They didn't on a specific question on Jews of of the persecution of the Jews. Jews. They didn't say much. I mean, they and the the question is that. You know, before the war, there was in France, you asked me before about the relationship between French and Jews, and I should have added then that there was a kind of consensus which was the uh, result of the xenophobic uh, uh, feelings in all of Europe and of the propaganda that the Jews, France had a Jewish problem. So they were not, uh, I mean, they, they were saying, well, we are not anti-Semites, but we have to, to be objective. And objectively, France has a Jewish problem. They are too numerous in some, <laughs> some places. They are too powerful in some places. They are controlling too many things. They are controlling the, the radio and the newspapers, which was not true at all. They are controlling the government. And actually, we should put an end in it. And we have too many Jewish uh, Jews from uh, other countries coming to the to to France thanks to our liberal immigration policy and we, this should be stopped we didn't look and they are different from what we are and they will never be French and so we have to be careful about all that so this was the consensus now the resistance movement some of them did believe in these kind of things even if they were very active against the, uh, the the collaboration with the Nazis and uh, again the Vichy government, they were thinking that well and yet there is a Jewish problem. So we if we do talk about de- do talk about that, uh, they will think that we are leading a, Ju- a Jewish war, and that's the what the German and French propaganda were saying, official French propaganda that actually this was a Jewish war. So they didn't want to be identified with that Jewish war. So even when there were many Jews, and Mark Bloch was one of them, in those movements, uh, they were quite discreet <laughs> about this question. So it did, So only in the summer of 42, when it became obvious that it's an inhuman, it's not a kind of reasonable legislation which tries to put an end to the over-dominance of the Jews, but it is a barbarian policy which attacked women and children. Then those who were uh, who, who, uh, saw what was happening in the street, in the family and everywhere began to be uh, furious about it. That those barbarian Germans are imposing us a barbarian policy. It's not us. If we have a Jewish problem, we have to solve it our French human way. And there, when when this happened, and some some a minority but very uh, important uh, archbishops said, "Well, this is a human inhuman policy." So then the newspapers, the the underground newspaper, voiced, I mean, wrote against what was happening. But there again, in different ways, which you know, they couldn't be accused. Of a, of a, going against the, uh, helping yeah, Jews, collab- they were yeah. helping uh, human beings be, being attacked because they are human beings, and a few months later, again silence about what was going on. So, how come then did more percentage of Jews survive the Holocaust than anywhere else? 
Okay, that's the big and interesting question. And it is extremely interesting because nowadays, uh, after uh, France had uh, confronted very seriously what the Vichy regime did, uh, the saying that the French population, as opposed to the French government, saved the Jews is the, the obvious should oh, they think it's the obvious uh, obvious reason. answer right. obvious reason well it's not true obviously it's not the french didn't they were anti-semites and some of them did and some of them did not that's not the reason so what was the reason the reason in is first of all the german policy the german actually failed in their and in in some ways in their anti-semitic uh, strategies they failed uh, in a for I'll give you just one example, uh, but there were there are many of them. Uh, in the, uh, the from November forty two to September of forty three, there was a whole part of France which was under Italian domination occupation, and there the Italian forces uh, protected the Jews, and many Jews went there, and so many Jews went to Italy. Italy one. To the French, the French a, um, government said, "Well, we can't persecute the Jews because uh, the Italian don't. So we we are here in a problem." The Germans thought that now that all the Jews or so many Jews are in Italian, we'll focus all our effort and then we'll be able to take many Jews in one strike. So this failed. So the the Jewish organizations have been much more. It was in. Uh, after November 42, much more aware of what was going on, could organize there, could organize rescue there. Four. Uh, Sorry, rescue five, And five, five in, in, those, uh, in the Italian uh, occupied territories. And five, we get close to September 43, when the population was already organized in an alternative society in order to... Uh, to um, I mean, because of the the the, the fact that French uh, young people were sent to Germany for forced labor, and 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 things, we get close to the end of the war. We know everybody knows then that the 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 war will end with a German defeat. So the people were much more ready to to help. So all of this together, and the fact that the the uh, the, the war ended at the um, in the summer of 44 in France, which is early. I mean, the the yeah, war exactly. ended in May of 45. Yeah. Now we are end of August 44. So, and it, it put an end to what was going on in France. So all of this together, and the, the, the German at the end, knowing that France would become a kind of battle place were much more focused on the battle persecution of resistance of people who were who could be a problem for them a military threat than of anti-Jewish policy. So all of this together explains that. And yes, part of it is the fact that many French helped Jews to hide or were silent and didn't denounce Jews which had been uh, uh, rescued. But it's not the reason. 
Hmm. It's absolutely fascinating. And, and while you're talking, I was thinking, you know, every country has its own history. Uh, Holland has its own history. And people have their own ideas about what the resistance was about and whether more Dutch people saved Jews than French people did or whether more Polish people actually in the end had a higher statistic. And I think my question to you is, while there are individual cases among all the countries in Europe and their relationship with their Jews, is there an overlying um, similarity? Well, the similarity is that uh, I would say, you know, Holland is an extremely interesting mm. case. It's an extremely interesting case, but because uh, in Holland, in Amsterdam, there was a, 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 a big strike in February of '41 to to protest against the persecution of it. It was too early. <laughs> it was too early, and afterward, there was no way to resist. And you know. Holland has the reputation of having a, yes. a, having been a wonderful country yes. for the Jews, but yet they have the highest percentage of, the, and not only the highest percentage of Jewish victims, but the highest percent, percentage of a, a Holland people uh, who volunteered to the Waffen SS. Yes. So I mean, it's not the it's not the case. The the overlying what is common to all of them is that in all the countries because the Holocaust has become a kind of moral scale in the modern world nowadays, the, the, the way the country related to the Holocaust is extremely important to get a, I would say a high grade on the moral scale, yes. so the way to escape this is, well our population saved Jews yeah. and which population did? None. I, I mean, <laughs> all actually. I mean, yeah, there were, but I mean, that was. I mean, it, that's the battle of the Polish government nowadays to say that the Poles saved, saved Jews, the Jews. Yes, which is not exactly the case. No, and of course, I mean, we could carry on. We have to actually, unfortunately, end it. So I am saying to all of the listeners out here, I'm sure you have your own questions that you would like to ask Rene Poznanski. Um, it's a fascinating topic, um, an important one to explore further, and I think. Um, one that we really have to understand fully in order to kind of understand the Holocaust. Um, so if you would like to hear her speak, she'll be speaking this Sunday, the 27th of January, at the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center. And the topic is Being Jewish in France in World War II. RSVP is essential. And you can do so on 11 or email D-O-W-I at jhbholocaust.co.za. Uh, Professor Poznanski, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you.